podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Good morning, everyone. Well, at the start of this series, I said that we we're looking to change it up. And finally, I know it's taken to the fourth episode, I've delivered. We have our first guest away from the world of rugby. And although not many of you may know of him yet, I hope it's not long until you do. He's just had his breakthrough season in the Royal London One Day Cup for Hampshire, where he took 18 wickets across the tournament and helped take his side to the semi-finals. And in those semi-finals, they are undone by an absolute masterclass from Darren Stevens. I know a lot of you here will be used to hearing about rugby, but trust me, if you stick with us, this won't be an episode to miss. In the longer run, we are looking to have as much variety as possible in the pod. Although rugby will still be our primary focus, we are approaching guests from all different sporting walks of life, and I hope that each and every episode we bring you can be that little bit different. For now, however, we are joined by the young Southampton fast bowler, Mr John Turner. So sit back, relax and enjoy, and we'll see you next week. Right, well, let's get started. John, thank you so much for joining us. How are you? Yeah, all good. Thanks, Freddie. Uh, thanks for having me on your podcast. Um, yeah, all good. Yeah, so for those of, those of you who don't know John, um, he is a student in uh, the UK down at Exeter, but he's also originally from South Africa, but he's over here playing cricket. Um, so he's been playing with Hampshire the last season and had a, had a pretty good season. But um, John, do you want to sort of introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, yeah, so obviously originally from... Joburg uh, in South Africa. Um, lived there my whole life. Been now in the UK for just over a year. So I got here in March last year. Um, and yeah, I went to boarding school um, in Hilton. So like an hour outside Durban. Um, and yeah, I, I basically fully from South Africa. Um, and then so obviously we got you on stage to talk about cricket and has it always been cricket for you? Has that always been the sport that you, you love the most? Um, yeah, definitely. always grew up loving sports, playing all, all the sports. Um, I'd say my dad was a massive influence in that way. Um, but cricket would would be the main one. I started, I think, when I was five or six um, with one of my best mates. We used to go like down to one of the coaches at school um, and get lessons with him. It was basically just to mess around and throw anything of the ball. Um, but yeah, always always loved it. And I suppose as I got more serious through high school, I started thinking maybe I could try and make something out of it. So you mentioned your dad there. Was he, is he a very keen sportsman as well? Does he ever done anything sort of prolific? Um, he, yeah, he loves sports. He never really played it seriously but he always played it so at uni he played rugby and hockey um at school he played all the sports cricket's probably the one sport he didn't really play um he's more a rugby player <laughs> so we've kind of we've kind of opposites in that in that regard um but his dad was a massive sportsman he, he played for the springbok um so yeah i suppose kind of got my genes from there, but then also my mum's side, mad, mad sportsman. So, yeah. 
Um, yeah, cool. So obviously the reason we know each other is that we're university together, but obviously so you've made this move across mm-hmm. the UK. Um, was that always sort of the plan when you realised that like sort of you had the opportunity to you always want to go abroad to study the university? Yeah, so you, university was always important to me and my parents um, and then pursuing cricket at the same time. And the UK was kind of just an obvious option for that. Um, you can do it in South Africa, but it's, you can't really do it to the same level um, besides for one or two universities. But then also being able to come overseas, um, create a new friendship group, make new connections uh, and try make a career in cricket here. Or if that didn't work out, um, go into like the finance world or something like that. But yeah, I know it's, I say probably when I was 17, that's when I really started wanting to come over um, and just had to try to get my parents to buy in. But eventually they did an event. They kind of actually, excuse me, kind of became more keen than I was. Like my dad was really pushing me um, through COVID and all that to still pursue it. So yeah, it's good, good to be here and obviously good to be at Exeter. Yeah, obviously you're here at the university, but then obviously Hampshire's probably, it's a massive part of your life in the UK now. Was it you who approached them or did they approach you? Um, so that, that, that happened through our coach at school, uh, Dale Benkenstein. He used to be the coach for Hampshire. Um, obviously also then playing, massive career at uh, Durham. So he had connections here. So in 2018, myself and one of my mates, we came over, for two weeks um lived or stayed at the hotel at the ground trained every day and just kind of experienced what a professional cricketer's life was um and at the same time hampshire were able to see see us and see if we could potentially try to pursue something in the future um so that's how that connection started but then it, like through the next two years we stayed in touch but nothing major um and then they always knew i wanted to study so they knew i'd be trying to come over um and i was meant to come the covid year um obviously that didn't work out but probably for the better um and yeah, i ended up coming march 2021 and been on trial for that season and was fortunate enough to play some games and get offered the contract great um, so you sort of talk about uh, you had your two-week trial when you were sorry, did you say 17 or 18. Um, what sort of things did they put you through? Because obviously you were relatively new to them, so they weren't really quite sure. So was it just like a general sort of come in, enjoy it, and they'll see whether they take a fancy or did they have specific things in mind for you? Um, yeah, it was basically, I don't think they would have known much about myself and my mates, um, but they knew we were both fast bowlers. So I think that was quite exciting for them. Um, and they basically we just trained every day. They, they just wanted to see us bowl, really. Um, so we bowled with academy. We bowled um, and played with the second team. And then I think one or two occasions we played or trained with the first team. Um, but yeah, it was just them recording us, getting as much video and information on us as they could. Um, and like S&C work, we were in the gym, but not really. Um, very like relaxed environment them just like really making us feel welcome and, and to enjoy the process 
what was that like as an 18 year old rocking up to this professional setup with players you probably watched watched on TV? Yeah, I, it was it was intimidating. Um, <laughs> I remember <laughs> I remember seeing Carl Abbott and like James Vincent, those guys, and like for instance, Abbo now obviously being a teammate of his, but back then that was he had just stopped playing for South Africa. Um, I always looked up to him as a bowler. So to suddenly be near or in the same space as them, it was uh, really intimidating, but at the same time quite exciting um, and really motivating to see what they do day in and day out and then be able to try and mimic that and really push push for that. So, yeah, it was a great experience. Did the senior players sort of take much notice of you when you came over for that two-week period when you were 18, or was it only really when you came back over they sort of appreciated um, that you were there? Yeah, and only really when we came back over. So one one or two of them we inter- interacted with, but they they're in the middle of a T twenty of the T twenty blast. So they were like quite heads down focused. Um, we were kind of just like a net bo- net bowlers to them, but they were, yeah they were friendly. Um, if we needed that help or information, they'll give it to us. But it was very much just us getting on with what we were doing and kind of looking up to up to them and seeing where we could potentially be one day. And so moving to a new country at the age of how, so how old were you in March Were you 19? Uh, no, uh, so I was 20 when I moved, 20, yeah. 20. Um, so as a 20-year-old yeah. moving to a new country, what did you have, did you find the move relatively easy or did you have a bit of an adjustment period? How did you sort of find that? Because it's quite a big deal to do at such a young age. <laughs> yeah, I probably didn't appreciate at the time exactly what I was getting into um, <laughs> I think <laughs> I think having COVID was actually a blessing in disguise so I was obviously as I said I was meant to come a year before and that was like two months out of school um, and I think to live by myself and still try to pursue cricket would have it would have worked but I don't think I would have been as successful um, and I've been able to enjoy it as much I think being that year older made a massive difference. Um, I was a bit more mature, knew my game, but like on a personal level, I had a bit more confidence. Um, so I think, yeah, being a year older there was a blessing in disguise for me. Um, but then living by myself, so I lived with another South African um, who I didn't know, but we actually like, we were like some, knew of similar people. So that made a big difference. Um, guy called Seamus Deploy. He was from Pretoria. So we were both on trial at Hampshire. Um, but yeah, it was quite strange being away from home for nine months. Um, quite hard, like not having family there, seeing all your mates. Um, but then also the cricket side just kind of got stuck into that and made the most of it. Um, trying to basically be as busy as possible. Yeah, completely. And so obviously you're over here to play cricket, but also to study. How have you found sort of the balance between that as in going from Exeter to Southampton? Sort of, you've got a lot on your plate. Have you sort of managed finding it easy to manage or there are times where you think, have I bitten off more than I can chew here? Uh, depends. <laughs> definitely. There's definitely times I'm like, well, I've bitten off a bit, yeah. But I think last, last year, kind of towards the end of the year, got the balance right. Um, Hampshire have been great with it, to be fair. They, they kind of, while I'm at uni, they're saying just 
prioritize uni um, and make sure like I do well at all of that and enjoy the whole experience. Um, so our director, Cricket Giles White, he's, he's like really big into making sure I'm doing well academically, um, enjoying the uni life and have a good balance. Um, but yeah, a lot of traveling back and forth, particularly like Jan, Jan, Feb, March. So I think I was going back, I'd spend Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday here, then Thursday, Friday, sometimes Saturday at Hampshire. Um, so that became quite challenging. And I'm sure, as you'll know, the workload, picking up second and third year, it's, I can imagine it's going to be a lot harder now. So, yeah. Um, and then obviously the whole social side here, trying to balance that with the work and the cricket. Um, but yeah, it's been a great experience so far and loving it. Yeah, completely. I mean, from what everyone can tell, your cricket's not affecting from it and your uni life doesn't seem to be affecting from it either. So you've clearly got the balance pretty pretty well. But obviously, past summer, that's sort of your big breakthrough season. Obviously, you got given the chance in the one-day cup. Do you just want to, how was it? Talk us through a little bit about it. Yeah, so that, that's obviously like kind of seen as a development competition at the moment, which is great for guys like myself. Um, means we get a whole competition to play and be in the first team, basically. Um, so played played in that last year um, and quite a young team last year. Um, also some older guys like Kyle Albert was our captain. Um, but that, that was a good experience. Um, my game improved really quickly through that. Um, didn't probably do as well as I would have liked then, but it meant coming to this year, I had a lot, I knew my game a lot better um, and I knew what I wanted to do. So, yeah, leading into the competition, kind of had high expectations on myself um, as a team and a club, we really wanted to do well. So, it was probably quite a, I put quite a lot of pressure on myself, which I do naturally all the time, which isn't great, but <laughs> I seem to do that. Um, but, yeah, the competition itself was amazing and playing the way we did as a team. I think the team really gelled, um, particularly, so there was a game on the Isle of Wight against Northampton where I think we scored maybe like 150 or 60, I'm not 100% sure, but we were like way below par and went out bowling and knew we were, it was going to be challenging. Um, they were 60 or 70 for no loss and we were, we didn't give up, but you know, when you're on the field, it's kind of, this isn't going to happen. Um, and ended up winning the game by 12 runs. They, I think we got five wickets for 10 runs or something. So experiences like that, like the team environment uh, was amazing. Um, and just a privilege to be a part of, really. Yeah, so you, Hampshire bowled up for 199 and you bowled out North Hans for 188, so 11 runs. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so that that's actually it's crazy. That that's yeah. one thing I'm terrible at is remembering like <laughs> the fine details about the game. So, so like scores and all that, I'm not not great at. There's Scott Curry, he's ridiculous at um, remembering all of that. He's basically became like our analysis for away games. So he just knows everyone and everything. Yeah, well, you took one for eighteen that day, so you didn't have a bad day out. 
Yeah, yeah, that I, I think I got the last wicket in that game. Um, <laughs> but I'd say it's, it's probably one of my, I wouldn't say favorite wickets, but like favorite moments, you know, to yeah. be a part of that. And the celebrations after that were, were also quite good. And you weren't out batting, so I mean, nothing to blame for you there, I don't yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, I found a new love for my, my batting this year, which is quite good. Hopefully I can try to get that into the uni side. I seem to bat higher for Hampshire than I do for our uni team. What's brought about that new love for batting? Just more confidence or? Um, yeah, so boys, when I grew up, I actually I was a batsman, not a bowler. Um, only I wasn't really ever allowed to bowl. Um, my coach has never let me bowl until I was maybe 12. Um, so I was always a batsman. And then when I started bowling, I just never batted. Um, but I've always loved it and kind of thought I'm better than I come across as. Um, but all bowlers say that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, then during the winter, I was like, okay, I need to actually spend time on my batting, really focus on this and kind of change my mentality around it. Um, put a bit more of a price on my wicket and not bat like a tail lender, try bat like a batsman. So that seemed to work a bit. Um, our batting coaches at Hampshire, Jimmy Adams and Tony Middleton, they, they've been really good with me on that and just kind of been positive and give myself some self-belief into that I can do this. So, yeah, I think during this competition, um, I, was at, I was batting twice when we won, which also more, more moments, which I'm like, I won't, I won't forget too, too soon. Did you know coming into the summer how big a role you're going to have to play with Hampshire in the One Day Cup? Were you sort of told, oh, you will play? And I know you said it was treated like a development tournament, but it's still a first-class tournament, like it's still a big deal. Yeah, I know. It's de definitely still, still a really important competition. Um, and I think as, as a club, we take it really seriously. Um, so I obviously, you never know if you're going to play or not. Um, I was always hoping I'd be involved involved in it and I had an idea I'd be around the group whether I was playing or not obviously that's dependent on selections and forms um, but yeah it's seen as a really important competition uh, our captain Nick Nick Gubbins he was like we were, he was big and prioritizing it and making sure we really want to win um, playing to win and playing really attacking cricket um, which filtered down from the T20 team from our coaches, um, kind of a mentality the whole club's taken this year is be really attacking and take the positive options. I mean, as a campaign, it's obviously obviously you didn't go all the way, but it was a, you can't necessarily classify it as a, as a failure. You guys got the semi final, obviously, you had that home semi final at Kent, uh, sorry, at Hampshire, Kent at, at the GS. How was that? Talk us through the day with nerves, or were you just excited to get out there and play? Um, yeah, really. I'd be lying if I wasn't nervous. Um, it's obviously the biggest game of my career, um, and you don't you don't get to knock out games that often. So I was I was quite nervous, but I think it helped we batted first, um, just kind of get into it and settle down, watch the batsmen go about their work, and then kind of know exactly what you need to do as a bowler, um, and also helps opening the bowling for me um, means I can 
get my first over out of the way and then like, okay, I know what I'm doing now. Um, but yeah, as, as, a, as a game, really, really big. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Darren Stevens obviously stole the show. Um, just kind of written in the stars that that was going to happen. But yeah, it was a great game. Disappointing end to the campaign. But as you say, a successful campaign. I think if we, if we were offered semifinals before the start of it, I think we'll definitely take it. So, I mean, everyone who listened or and or followed that game saw the Darren Stevens innings and was eighty eighty something off sixty odd. How good was it? As in, even though obviously you're on the losing inside of that, how good was it to watch and how good innings was it? Was it? Yeah, <clears throat> excuse me. It was really frustrating, but really good to watch. Um, seeing he, you can just see he knows his game so well. He knew where he was targeting, um, knew what to defend, what to go after, singles, boundary balls, all of that. Um, and I suppose everything also just went his way. One or two really close OBW calls, which I suppose 50-50s can go either way. And he was fortunate on that day. Um, but yeah, he knows his game was also a lot more powerful than I ever thought he was. Um, I knew <clears throat> I knew he was a good batsman, but he was like a proper power game, which running into Bolton was slightly intimidating actually, knowing knowing his record, um, and seeing him do what he did that day in like front of us. It's almost like running in like, oh okay, I can't miss the mark here as I'm travelling. Um and yeah, he's an unbelievable player and I don't won't be surprised if he gets another go somewhere this year. It'd be quite quite strange if no county picks him up. Um because to have that in your change room is unbelievable. Do you think Ken made a mistake in letting him go? Um yeah, I think they probably they probably did. <laughs> but then I think they've said every year for the past like five years that this is the last year and he's kept on doing what he's done. So I think they probably had to call it a day at some stage but it's quite hard after the summer well the end to a summer that he had to call it call it an end um i think he wants to go into coaching so he I think he wants to play like a player coach role and i don't think kent want that yet so yeah it'll be interesting to see what happens i don't i mean imagine someone who wants that i mean to have someone who's won two domestic trophies in the last two years both t20 and the 50 it's not a bad, okay. not a bad player to pick him up. Would you have him mm. at Hampshire? Would he fit in at Hampshire? Sorry, he definitely fit in. Yeah, he would definitely fit in, and I think the experience would be unbelievable. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know what would happen. I don't know if we've shown any interest or not. But <laughs> um, yeah, um, I've heard quite a few counties have shown interest, and in even discussions with some. But yeah, I think. He enjoys the Guinness as well, so always, always would be nice to have that in the changing. No, I think he'd be an incredible player to learn off. But obviously, so you mentioned earlier, your actual debut for Hampshire wasn't this summer, but it was summer four. Just talk us through sort of that process that day. When did you find out you were going to make the debut? Sort of how did you feel about it? Just give us a little bit of background to it. So, yeah, so that there were quite a few of us um, getting our debut on that day. I think there were maybe five or six who made their list day debut. Um, 
So that probably made it a bit easier. I was the only one that hadn't played professional cricket yet. Um, so I was really nervous. Um, wasn't 100% confident in my game at the level yet. I just, I suppose I've never been tested, so I wouldn't really know. Um, but really, really exciting game, playing against some big names um, and playing with big names, having, as I said, Abo being our captain. Some of my boys looked up to him, suddenly being able to open the bowling with him. Um, that was a really cool experience for a season. And to be able to speak to him at mid-on or mid-off um, and kind of learn off him during a game, probably something I won't forget. So, I mean, I know we've talked about this, and you said there wasn't any sort of like initiation, but is there any sort of rituals that go around Hampshire and what happens towards the end of the game for debutants or even if it's just a normal game? Um, so, yeah, we don't, we don't really have any initiations, or at least none that I know of. So <laughs> if we do, I still have to, still have to find out about those. Um, but we, so we have a song which we sing after every game we win. Um, and I'd say that's probably the closest like, thing to a ritual or some injury we have. Because um, I didn't get to sing it that often last season. So coming into the 50 over comp this year, I'm still not 100% sure on the words. So I was a bit nervous. After the first first win, I was like, oh, I don't know, don't really know the words again. Um, but yeah, got got to the end of the comp, and I think I just kind of stuck in my head now. Can't really get it out. Um, and just sort of thinking more about you, you yourself, your personal game. Have you felt like your game's developed since you've come to the UK? Massively, yeah. Um, I'd say even this last season, from the start of the season to now. It's a massive improvement. Um, I got injured just before the 50-over comp, so I was out for two months, um, which, again, I think was a blessing in disguise. So I got to work with our bowling coach for a month and change one or two things, um, worked with our SNC coach on one or two things. So I went into that comp really fresh, but it helped put my game somewhere where it can really go forward now, um, which is quite exciting particularly for this uh, winter, just one or, two, one, <clears throat> one or two things to work on. And it could be in quite a good space, hopefully. Um, but yeah, so our bowling coach, uh, Graham Welch, he's a really positive guy um, and always looking like at the kind of like the glass half full mentality. So that's rubbed off really big time with me but also the whole bowling group um he's been a revelation for all of us so yeah, it's exciting to have him around and be able to learn with him are there any players or particularly like famous cricketers that you look to model either your bowling action or your batting off is there anyone that you sort of try to like resonate with um so it's kind of always like changed obviously like growing up watching Dale Stain always if I suppose everyone idolized him he was just a freak um, so growing up both trying to be like him I'd say but then Pat Cummings always enjoyed watching him bowl how accurate and how good it, good he is and how easy he makes it um, but recently with the one or two things I've changed in my action um, apparently it's quite similar to Anuk Nokia from South Africa which is if there's any, if I can get half of what he has, um, if I can 
put on two or three miles. That would be unbelievable. I don't think my body is in a place to bowl what he bowls. Um, it's probably double my size in every way. He's, he looks like a massive human being. Um, but he, yeah, so I'd say he's probably a current person that I'm kind of not idolizing, but mimicking my game off and trying to take certain attributes from. And sort of within the Hampshire setup itself, is there any player, whether it be player or coach, anyone who's been particularly helpful sort of taking you under their wing? Um, yeah, so probably the whole team, the whole team's been really good. Um, in particular, probably Keith Barker and Carl Abbott. They, in terms like a bowling side, they've been from the day I arrived, really. Abbo always making trials okay. Um, even outside of cricket, if I needed anything, I can always chat to him. Um, and then Box also became like that. And they're both to talk to about my game. And they almost know my game better than I know it. So it's nice to have a bit of a soundboard and someone you can just throw ideas at and see what they think. Um, and to watch them do what they do in the, uh, champ, in the champo is ridiculous. Uh, how how they're doing what they're doing at their age is quite scary and they they're in a lot of pain so I'm not so sure my body will be looking forward to that in 10 years time if I'm still playing but yeah they to be able to have them around and for them to care for me and try and, and help me is something which I'm really appreciative of. Well, it must be nice with Kai as well to have that sort of that piece of home, just someone that you can sort of relate right back to with. Yeah, definitely. So I think that's initially why I kind of like gravitated towards them last year, just being South African. I was like, well, but a bit of home there. Um, but we quite a South African team in a way. There's myself and uh, Abbo. Then there's Brad Wheel, who's from Durban. Um, and then obviously our head coach, A.G. Burrell, he's from the Eastern Cape. Um, so it's quite a lot of South African blood within within the team. And so obviously this summer has been the one to sort of show everyone who you are, what you can do. What for you is next now? So looking forward to next season, what's the next step? What, what are you hoping for? Um, I really want to play red ball cricket. Um, I'll try, try and push for a spot in the Red Bull team. Um, obviously, it's re- the team we have, it's, that's going to be really hard, but just trying to do the best I can. Um, I see, I still see that as like the pinnacle of the game. And then if you can do well in that, obviously the T20 stuff, the white ball stuff, the franchise stuff, I feel will come. Um, so just you know, trying to bowl, bowl as well as I can and just put my name in the hat for all the Red Bull cricket. Nice. Um, well, John, thank you very much. Just before we finish, I was, a lot of our listeners are sort of in the 16 to 20 sort of age bracket. If you had one tip for any young player who's trying to make that big step up from school cricket and grade cricket into the pro game, what would it be? Um, oh, it's quite hard, that. That's probably a lot a lot of things. Um, well, one or two. I'd say one, yeah. One would probably be believe in yourself. Um believe that you are good enough but then also do do everything you can to put yourself in a position to be successful so if it's like the extra work make sure you do the extra work um 
all, all that type of stuff and have fun while you're doing it. I suppose there's no there's no point in playing the game if you're not having fun. Um, I still see that as the most important thing when I go out. If I'm not enjoying playing, why am I playing really? Completely. I think you'd find any professional sports would probably agree that you talk about doing everything to get yourself in that position. What particularly did you do that you felt was the thing that was the key difference to get you in that position? Um, probably at school, just kind of having the goal of this is where I want to end up. This is what I want to do. Um, and like the gym work, like extra gym work, extra batting, extra bowling, um, extra conversations around people. Just basically anything extra you can do. Um, don't just, well, try not to just have the two or three training sessions a week. Um, otherwise, if you're kind of not doing more than the person next to you, it's going to be quite hard to make it and be better than them. So, yeah. Well, John, thank you very much. You are the first cricket guest we've had on the podcast, so that's a big, oh. big thank you. Big thank you to you. Um, that was that was great, though. So, wish you the best of luck next season, um, and I'm sure we'll be following you very closely. So, thanks, buddy. Oh, thanks so much for having me on, and hopefully, you can get some more cricket, cricket guys, and a bit of a cricket following. Podcast Network.